it's all around having that mentality of not just a fix, but also a growth mindset. Hey, this is Karis Ryan and welcome back or welcome to Teach Me in 20. This week, we are learning about hackathons from Angela B. Chan, who's the CEO of Hackathons Australia, as well as Hackathons International. Now, I had no idea about hackathons, and this is exactly why I started the podcast, so I can learn something new and pass it on to you as well. Angela is fantastic. She goes into so much detail. Here, you're going to learn what is a hackathon, what exactly goes on. Think hacking marathon and think a competition. So, of course, it spiked my interest. Teams getting together, and in the space of sometimes just a weekend, they're going, you know, all nighters. They're coming up with usable technology to help an industry become more efficient and more innovative. So, I guarantee you're about to learn something new. Angela also mentions the Hacker Toolkit. So if you've got a startup or you're starting your own business and you just want a little bit of a template to storyboard, to develop ideas, to pitch it to investors, this is for you and the link is in the episode description. Also, if you like the chat, make sure you rate and review it in Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast so other people can find this episode and also learn something new. Let's get to Angela and I's chat. Teach me in 20. Teach me in 20. Hey, Angela. Hello. How are you going? I'm good. So for, I've got so many questions I have for you. For people who don't know, what is a hackathon? Yeah, so basically a hackathon is a short pressurized kind of competition. So see kind of like, you know, there's two forms of hacking, you know, you've got the one where you hack into systems with the whole security stuff, but then you also have another form of hacking, which is bringing ideas and breathing life into them and actually giving them substance. So, you know, it's kind of like a hacking marathon where you're put in this short pressurized competition, you're solving a problem, you're coming up with amazing creative ideas. And instead of just stopping there, we create actual minimum viable products or MVPs that you showcase to a panel of judges. So you know how there's the show Shark Tank? It's similar to that in terms of instead of you know taking years and years to do something, you have sometimes two to three days or two to three weeks online to come up with something that's tangible to kind of give out to people. So that's the real beauty of hackathons. Yeah. I, I mean, being a competitive person, whenever there's a competition, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to find out more. Does it get really competitive? Yeah, it is very competitive, uh, but it also depends on who's organizing it, who sponsored it, what are the prizes and what is the outcome. So there's a lot of different factors depending on why someone would join a hackathon. So for example, you might be a competitive person or you might have this brilliant idea around, say, healthcare, um, you know, in the healthcare system post-COVID-19, for example, you're like, I have this awesome idea. I really want to get the $5,000 or $10,000 at the end. So you're going to like go all out and just try and win it. And that's what a lot of people and the majority of people do, which is super cool. Um, At the same time, it's a great learning mechanism as well. So if people want to learn about new technologies, emerging technologies, having that, you know, to just satisfy themselves is, is a great Uh, thing to do as well so it is competitive there are a lot of hackathons where there might be um you know 
couple of people or it could be hundreds and thousands of people and so kind of being part of that movement is something that's also enriching as well yeah absolutely and satisfying once you've completed <laughs> something you know sometimes you go to a hackathon you don't know anyone you don't have any idea what's going to go on but at the end when you develop a website or an app or some sort of thing that you feel like will change the world that's where the real value of hackathons come in do you need to be a program developer or coder to take part in these no you don't so i actually don't come from an it or engineering background i didn't even study business or design um so people like anyone can participate in a hackathon it's not just for the developers yes they need to be included in the mix but that's the beauty of diversity at hackathons traditionally we have this framework called the minimum viable team so in a startup environment you have the hustler the hipster and the hacker the hustler is the person is kind of like the business developer they try and sell the idea they get business in and you're not a viable team or you don't develop a minimum viable product until it's commercially viable so that's the role of the hustler the hipster is the person who designs that rapid prototype so looking into the user experience understanding what people will see think feel and do and then the hacker is the person who just hacks the solution together really quickly kind of looking into the back-end development and actually creating the actual prototype. So all those three in unison is what we call the minimum viable team. And usually in this uh, minimum viable team, you have a herder as well. So this is the person who is not the decision maker. Everyone has equal stance, but the person who makes sure that everyone's on the same page, they're heading in a strategic direction and they've got outcomes to deliver. So very similar to a project manager. Fantastic. So yeah, as you said at the start, hacking, everyone, when they first think of it, it's, you know, a negative probably connotation of people trying to steal your information. But this is, I guess, to put it in really layman's terms, people coming together, all creative minds coming together to come up with an innovative idea or product for an industry using technology does it always have to be, say, like an app or a program or can it be guidelines and processes that you recommend? Yeah, so it, it all comes down to like what I call the PISS framework. So P-I-S-S, what is the purpose of the whole program? Um, I is what's the intention of the organiser. So what exactly do they want to achieve? S is for sponsor. So if the sponsor is going to give in their time, their money, their resources, what exactly do they want to get out of it? And then the last thing is the skills. So what skills do you want to bring and also which skills would you learn out of the experience? So having that in mind is super important to understand what the outcomes are. There are different types of outcomes when it comes to different hackathons so you've got so we've identified five different um, hackathons and that could be in the form of recruiting for example that might be a recruitment hack or a talent hack and then you've got other ones like uh, looking into business models so that's around growth hacking um, upskilling into your technology or your skills in that way so we call that a tech hack um, the next one is new businesses so if you want to create a new startup that's a startup hack and then if you want to develop a culture within your team that's more called a culture hack so you can develop concepts but we prefer that concepts come to life and actually know that it's going to work for that matter we actually want to see things be delivered to paying customers so you can demonstrate to customers 
Right. Okay. So I was, I saw that the like button on Facebook was created through a hackathon. What are some other innovations that have come from hackathons? Yeah, there are a lot of um, different types of hackathons. You know, hackathons actually started decades ago. So like Google and Facebook, they've done this for many years and a lot of them have started out. So, you know, Google and Facebook, they do hackathons once every um, couple of months to kind of boost their culture and also to keep everyone engaged and go, you know, what are your ideas? How can we implement them straight into the organization? Companies like Atlassian, which is one of Australia's um, unicorn startups, they do hackathons to onboard their graduates so that, you know, they're fresh meat, you know, in the organization. (laughs) They don't really know much yet, but it's having that ability to um, have that external experience and bringing that into the organization. That's also something that's really valuable um, and a good use of a hackathon because ultimately it is a tool to creating something bigger and achieving more. Yeah. One thing um, I read that you were involved in was a hackathon in Sydney, which was trying to improve transport and the winning idea used image recognition on carriages. So people on the platform could see which carriage was busy and then that would help with overcrowding, which brilliant. Um, What are some other ideas that came from that? Obviously that was the winning one, but what do you know any of the other ones that weren't the winners, but were still fantastic? That's a good, yeah. So we organized that a couple of years ago and Transport for New South Wales has actually done this. So if you look at the trains in Sydney um, on the board where it lists all the different stations, you can see how busy each of the carriages are as well. So I actually have a couple of friends who work at Transport for New South Wales and they run a lot of innovation challenges and they use those ideas and concepts and prototypes to develop real life solutions. And so that's to one thing that government has done immediately and I think that launched last year so um, kudos to them which is awesome Um, another team in that hackathon was called well they were called parallel parking when they came into the hackathon and you know it was more tailored towards residential so more tailored towards homes but um, they went to our hackathon at Schneider Electric and they saw an opportunity with corporates and so because it was really funny because um, at Schneider, they started using this new app called Base Up and they were coming in and they were explaining what the whole app does. So currently the scenario in the area that we're in called Macquarie Park, there are hundreds of corporate organizations there. And so the building itself can only house like 150 parking spaces, but there are, you know, thousands of Um, employees at Schneider in this one office. So there are a lot of parking spots all around Macquarie Park. And so what this app does is collate all the different parks all around Macquarie Park. And then you book on your phone and it directs you um, into whichever car park has space in there. So there's a car park reserved just for you. And that team that pitched to us and now that we Um, use them at Schneider Electric they actually participated at that hackathon a couple of years ago and now with their solution how they've pivoted it's really 
kind of fast track them into the space of transport. So that's also another success story. They were featured on AFR and a lot of other corporate organizations use them, but having that play in not just, you know, a lot of people will think that hackathons, there's an immediate success story out of that. At the same time, there's also long-term successes for um, individuals, for founders. Like I go into hackathons, I went to hackathons because I wanted to build up that startup experience. I never started a business before, but having that in mind and knowing that, you know, I could pitch to customers, I could have those basic skills, like learning about finance, learning about legal, learning about recruitment, about leadership. Those are all the added benefits with going to a hackathon as well. And it sounds like it's a really great networking tool as well, meeting a whole bunch of people. At that very hackathon, we actually had Steve Baxter, so one of the judges on Shark Tank Australia, be one of the judges. So he actually flew down from Queensland. He was like a friend of a friend. So having those types of names and people in the room, we had the president um, of Schneider Electric Australia there. We had... I don't remember, it was part of a bigger conference and Todd Sampson was there. You know, he's the one who does Body Hack, Mind Hack and all those TV oh. shows. So um, it was a great environment to even get exposure to all everyone. The I think we had like thousands of people at that conference and displaying that all the solutions that were the winners at the end was something that would have been, you know, unimaginable for anyone to get that exposure. Do you think hackathons will take the place of R&D teams in organisations? Yeah, so R&D teams, um, they take a place when it comes to a lot of engineering and a lot of, um, I guess, longer product development because you still need to issue patents and you still need to do a lot of extensive research if you're going to do something um, that's, you know, truly going to be, like innovative and you'd say that R&D is a lot around improving on core products and services and solutions. Hackathons come into play that can help enable and fast track R&D teams. So I personally use this where we ran a hackathon and it was more around looking into those new products and features and testing them and rapidly developing them in a way so that we're testing it straight to the market instead of going through that long process of six months or six years to develop something. So if we create something that's short and sharp, you can use 3D printers to just print something really quick and easy. Um, So there's a lot in there um, and it would add up to developing that wider solution. But hopefully, yes, hackathons should have a greater role than um, what we do now. Yeah. So to give people an example, there's a hackathon coming up this week uh, from Travel Scum. It's basically designed to help the tourism and travel industry because of COVID-19. For people that don't know, 10% of the world's population is from the tourism industry, which is about 300 million people, which is incredible. So this hackathon that is going to take place, what are they hoping to achieve with that what are some things that they, uh, what are some challenges they're trying to overcome? Yeah, I think what they're hoping to achieve is just to um, get a global movement. What I found really helpful was that the three founders were from all parts of the world. So one was from like Canada, another one from the US, another one from Europe, and they all came from different facets of travel. So there was one guy who um, did journalism and media, another person who did more hospitality, and then another person who did operations. So you've kind of got a real good mix of um, 
different networks because they've all been in the industry for at least 10, 20 years. And if you have been in an industry for that long, you should know and have a wide network, you know the world is a small world ultimately. So I kind of saw that and went, okay, this is a great hackathon because of the networks and the people um, that were in it. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure what exactly will come after it. It seems to me that there's a lot of different sponsors on board. There are some accelerated programs. Um, there are some um, incubator programs like startup Sesame and that kind of thing. So I hope, and I, and I don't think, to be honest, that um, there is a structure afterwards of what's going to happen. But I really hope those concepts and people who are left without a job, they can go into these incubator programs, these accelerated programs, and they can be really supported by the sponsors who have put this together. Okay. And for people who have never been to a hackathon before, what happens at these? So at this Travel Sky One, people, do you have to apply? And if you do, how? what's the application process like? Yeah, so there are different types of hackathons. Um, this one, you don't need to apply. You can just go on Slack, um, just hop on Slack, see what's going on. The good thing about these online hackathons is that you can just register for all of these hackathons and kind of be viewers if you want. Um, but I really encourage everyone to participate because you're not going to get much out of it if you're just going to see what's going on. It's better if you actually come up with something because that's when you're challenging yourself, you're challenging your mindset and you're challenging the way that you think and to really get into this growth mindset. And so um, there are some uh, hackathons like even the ones that I have run where there have been applications because due to restriction of space we can only house say 50 people so we just have to say you know give us your LinkedIn profile just tell us what ideas you have what is your experience and that kind of thing um, but because things are going online you don't need that anymore it's more around getting people from all parts of the world getting people from different experiences. A lot of the time, innovation comes in when it's kind of like on this border. So there's two types of creativity, one that's like outside the box. The second one is around um, joining the ability to join the dots together. So if you could say, like we were ideating around Hackathons International yesterday and one of our, my team members was like, does anyone uh, know anything about wine? <laughs> and I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> and he's like, how do you choose which wine bottles, you know, which wine you're going to buy? Because there's millions out there. There's different types of varieties and grapes and wineries. And you know what? I said to him, I actually actively, because I used to, I was in Adelaide last year. So I went to a lot of wineries every weekend with my friends oh, you sure? so that's how I know yeah that's how I know a lot in Sydney I'm an hour away from the Hunter Valley so it's not hard for me to go yeah. to the Hunter so like I've got this personal connection because I've been to a lot of wineries so you know could we do the same when it comes to hackathons that's why we're going to a lot of hackathons we're actually delivering a lot of workshops around um, the Hacker Toolkit, which is all around equipping people so that they have the right tools and templates and guides to offer when they're going to a hackathon. Because a lot of people do have that worry that they have nothing to offer when in fact, you just need to be confident in what you do. Hackathons just make me confident because there isn't any other business developer out there. There isn't another designer that will do your work. There's only a team of three to five people and you are the expert. So you better upskill yourself, do that Google searching and, um, you know, just make things happen because that's, 
another good way of just putting yourself out there and saying, you know what, I am the thought leader in design. I can do this. And, you know, you've got a couple of days or a couple of weeks and you've got to deliver results and you don't have, you know, the, the global specialist in blockchain with you. Um, you are the person. So um, having that toolkit will hopefully boost the confidence of everyone and it's available for anyone to just download as templates or to purchase if you want to look into some explanations. So when these face-to-face hackathons take place and you, everyone's arrived, are you choosing your own groups or you put, get put in groups yourself? Yeah, it depends on the organiser and what the sponsor is. It always comes okay. down to, to the two. Um, for more um you could say closed ones they would be a lot of people put you into teams because for example at corporate organizations you want a diverse mix you don't want the same people working the same teams again so you might work in the marketing team and you don't want you know you don't want the brand specialist the automation person the data scientist to work because they already work on a day-to-day basis together you want them working with the software engineer you want to someone in the finance team you want someone in the talent acquisition team so you want to maybe just string people together who might not normally talk with one another that way you've got that diverse mix in that space when it comes to more open community hackathons yes because everyone doesn't really know each other anyway so um, it's all around just speed networking Normally you have dedicated time for people to just say, you know, what they're passionate about, what skills they have, what skills they want to develop in. And hopefully from that scenario, and that's why you need a really strong facilitator to bring all these minds and people, especially if you have personalities in the room or you have introverts in the room, just enabling that mixture and um, having everyone uh, be open and feeling comfortable in a safe environment. That's the most important thing. Yeah. The competitive person in me is asking, how can someone prepare for a hackathon? So, you know, I'm going in, I want to be super successful in it. And success can come in a range of things. I know you attended 30 to 40 hackathons and like we talked about before, the networking, the meeting other people from organizations, that's also a benefit. But say someone wants to prepare to be able to do the best they can, what are some skills that they can learn or some things that they can do to get ahead? Yeah, so the good thing about hackathons, it's kind of like COVID-19. You kind of get thrown in a situation. You don't know what you're going to do. You don't know how you're going to handle it. You don't know who you're going to meet. Good analogy. Um, <laughs> yep. And then you don't know what's going to happen afterwards. <laughs> and yeah, that, 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 that's what happens at hackathons. So when it came to um, you know COVID-19 hitting for us, no problem. We, that's how we spun out um, Hackathons International. Super easy. We've created a business. It's up and running right now. And so there are some things that you could do to prepare for that. Um, so one thing that we did, obviously, like us as a team, we'd gone to a lot of hackathons before. So we kind of trained ourselves. We were very used to the art of the pivot. But also there are a couple of things that you should keep in mind. So Um, In the Hacker Toolkit, we have a couple of modules here. So the first one is the Hacker Mindset. So it's all around having that um, mentality of not just a fix, but also a growth mindset and understanding how you can spot an opportunity, build something that is tangible, and then having that go, no-go process. So um, what are you going to evaluate to ensure that you are going to go ahead and not be afraid to keep doing what you um, want to do? 
Um, the second thing is that we put together is around rapid ideation. So, you know, if you're thrown into a scenario, you have a challenge or a topic that you need to be solving, what exactly are those mechanisms? What are the questions? What is a framework? So it might be that everyone tries to come up with ideas and then the next stage is everyone, um, you know, forming and building on each other's ideas. So what does that look like if we're starting from a blank canvas and how do we, um, what is the criteria to move some ideas forward? Um, the next one we had was all around uh, how to pitch and how to storyboard that experience. I know even for Hackathons Australia, when we first started, I always talk about we were just at the pub. We wanted people to know more about hackathons and catch the hackathon bug. And honestly, I just opened up my laptop and I just created the Facebook group Hackathons Australia. I invited the friends that I made over the past three years onto this group and that's how Hackathons Australia started. It wasn't something that it was like, oh, we're going to create a business model, but it was for us a need that we could, we didn't know how to talk to our friends and family about and we also wanted to link up with people from around Australia. So that's how it started. And so it's all around kind of going, okay, what is the story that you're going to tell and how is that going to be important for that so that when you talk to investors when you are talking to judges when you're talking to your friends and family how are you going to pitch to them um the next one is all around business model cpr so you know cpr you kind of need to breathe life into someone so how do you breathe life into a startup or to a project how do you make something sustainable and profitable i always say that you're not a startup unless you have paying customers because that's how you can you know, A, we've all got mouths to feed, like even charity organisations. When I was at Cancer Council, 30% went to admin, to funding the employees. So there's always something in there. Um, and then the last thing is all around what we call the lean canvas, and that's a business plan on one page. So instead of, you know, creating decks and decks of business plans, it's all of this one page where it has nine elements that you can fill out to ensure that you understand the problems that you're solving, the solutions that you're coming up with, the correct revenue streams, the different go-to-market channels and how you're going to measure that. So that's what we call the Hacker Toolkit. And if you are interested, it's on, I can share um, with you the link and you can just download the template, be familiarized with them, listen to the videos if you want to do so as well, so that when you're in a hackathon, um, you normally form teams, you can just go and spot the opportunity, do some Google research around that. You can come up with ideas, you can start storyboarding, you can start trying to find paying customers and seeing um, who are those consumers and customers. And then also developing that business plan and that roadmap that you're going to deliver after the hackathon. That would be great, Angela. Thank you. I'd love that link for our listeners to use. I have a few friends who I know will find that really useful. Is there a certain or a particular industry you'd like to see hackathons more involved in to see more innovation within it? Absolutely. For me, it's more the industrial side. So more like the mining, more like oil and gas, uh, even agriculture. I feel like there's a lot of innovation happening and there have been a lot of hack days and hackathons in Wagga Wagga, um, in the Hunter, for example. So just like widening that scope 
in regional areas. That's something that I'd love to see more. Um, a lot of people are scared about hackathons, especially in the industrial kind of space, because they're like, oh, you're just testing out ideas in a rapid way. You know, it's no way is it going to meet our standards. But I feel like there's something in here where we can just crack it open and that, you know what, we can probably use hackathons to grow a solution. We can just use it as a small trial. And there are so many technologies that are more accessible right now instead of paying um, you know, tens of hundreds of dollars for something to, you know, put in, it could be a couple hundred dollars and that's more accessible these days. So I feel like there's something in there to be more disruptive in those spaces. Yeah. What do you say to people who are a bit afraid of new technology or where technology is headed? Yeah, there's always people who say, you know, technology is not going to, you know, change the way that I do things. But the way that I see it is that technology makes it so much more efficient for things like even me and you on Zoom, like this application is something that, you know, I don't have to fly over to Perth to meet you in person and to do this recording. You're always Perth welcome. So <laughs> I would love to. I love Perth. <laughs> I love Cottesloe and I love Margaret River. So I would love to come over. But, you know, right now we can't because you know, obviously there's COVID-19 and a lot of us are still weary about what's going on. And it does take a lot of times. It takes us like four and a half to five hours to fly, fly over to Perth, right? So there are so many ways that the technology has made it so much easier for us to communicate, for us to do things in such a simple way and to have accessibility. Even the Black Lives Matter, that whole campaign, we would not know about it if it wasn't for technology and if people weren't recording the videos on their phone and putting it on social media. So there's a lot to be said and done. And it's just, for me, it's just been such an eye opener to things around the world, to different industries, to different types of people and having that ability to develop what we call deep empathy. So being able to step into someone else's shoes and understanding how they see, think, feel and do, that's been such a great thing. Is there anything we haven't talked about that you'd like to add, you know, where to next or anything I haven't been able to ask so far? I guess like hackathons right now, they will previously, they've been very... Um, specific to different to communities and specific to a geography and a physical area. Now with everything that's gone on, it's so great to be connected with people in all parts of the world and understanding different cultures. So, you know, for example, we were speaking at an event in a hackathon for Palestine and having an interpreter and translator mm-hmm. was something that was super, like something that I'd never done before, especially having and organized and participate in so many hackathons in Australia. I know we are diverse, but ultimately English is our primary language here in Australia. So if you're thinking about hosting hackathons in um, South America, there's a lot of Spanish speaking and Portuguese speaking people and also around culture. So a lot of um, hackathons in the U S they're more large scale. They've got hundreds and thousands of people. Whereas, Um, ones in for example Ireland they might be a bit smaller so it's just understanding the different cultures and you know even speaking to people in Africa understanding how their history and culture has influenced different parts of Africa and the way that they speak to one another the way that they perceive things a lot of foundations uh, do support Africa so having that in mind is 
gives a really richness in different parts of the world. So I feel like there's going to be more of a convergence in this one world, um, but also the richness of just learning and having the ability to connect the dots and being creative in those zones is something that we should look out for, especially with all these different industries, you know, especially in the travel industry, as we talked about, um, there's something in here and there's a lot to be done and said. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually, I'm looking forward to following Hackathon Australia International and even taking part myself if I uh, get the balls to do it. (laughs) But um, Angela, thank you so much for your time today and teaching us all about hackathons. Thank you so much for having me. It'll only cost you 20 minutes. Thanks for listening. And I hope you learned something new today all about hackathons. If you enjoyed that chat, make sure you subscribe to the Teach Me In 20 podcast so each week you can continue to learn something new with me. If you want to keep the conversation going, be sure to join our Facebook group, the Teach Me In 20 podcast Facebook group, where I upload all our episodes and you get to ask the questions to our guests. See you next week. Teach Me In 20. Teach Me In 20.